Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity industry. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Today's episode is going to be valuable to almost anyone listening, whether you're a new business owner, a seasoned business owner, someone who has a full-time job but wants to get into this industry as a side hustle, or someone who is an independent contractor for other organizers or productivity specialists and needs to round out their income. This episode is for all of you. Today, we're going to talk about leveraging your professional organizing or productivity work with multiple streams of revenue. And our expert on the topic is certified professional organizer, Ann Bloomer. Ann Bloomer, CPO, speaker, author, and founder of Solutions for You and Institute for Professional Organizers is one of only a few hundred people in the world to have earned the designation certified professional organizer. Additionally, Anne holds a certificate of training from the Coach Approach for Organizers and from the Institute for Challenging Disorganization, a Level 2 ADD Specialist Certificate, Level 2 Chronic Disorganization Specialist Certificate, and five Level 1 Certificates of Study. Anne is a Certified Freedom Filer Consultant and Certified Go System Trainer and Consultant. And Anne is as passionate about teaching as she is about learning. As a leading expert in her field, she teaches and trains professional organizers from around the world through the institute she founded, the Institute for Professional Organizers, and formed the institute to share her learning in the hopes that others will benefit greatly from her experiences. And has decades of training experience, including teaching hundreds of participants from 17 countries to become professional organizing business owners. Her experience as a business owner and founder of Solutions For You has given her skills, knowledge, and the ability to provide complete and comprehensive training to individuals that will enable them to successfully operate their professional organizing business. Anne is the author of Mastering the Business of Organizing, a guide to plan, launch, manage, grow, and leverage a profitable professional organizing business and co-author of Get Organized Today. And Anne's family is globally diverse from four different continents. She's a Portland, Oregon native. Her husband is originally from Switzerland. Her two adult children are adopted from South Korea and their dog is an Australian shepherd. Anne, I am so excited to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. You make me sound so amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Your education background is extensive. It's so impressive. Well, I think I am a lifelong learner. I didn't think I was, you know, years and years and years ago, but education is just a passion of mine. I love learning and I love teaching people what I know. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. I'm really hoping to dig into your expertise and talk about multiple streams of revenue or income and ways for us to diversify, I want to say our business, but even if you don't have an entity or a, a business, you can still find ways to make money from all different areas so that you can build the dream life that you want to live. Isn't that right? Yes. And when I started this business, I 
never thought beyond organizing and working with people in their homes. And it just has evolved over the years. And I didn't realize what all I had done in the way of diversifying my uh, revenue streams until I was invited to speak at the Japanese Association of Life Organizers Conference in 2015. They asked me to do the keynote speak and to talk about my journey and what I've learned along the way and how my business has evolved. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to talk you know, for an hour about that? Because <laughs> 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 I didn't think it was that diverse of a journey. And so I did. And yeah, go ahead. No, to say, and look at you now, you know, you have so much to, to share with us. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, how am I going to talk about that? And I just looked at each year in my business and what happened that year. And whether it was I added a stream of revenue or I shifted in who my key client was or just a different direction I took my business. And it was really interesting to look back over the years at what had occurred. And so to anybody who's been in this business, you know, for years and years and years, or anybody who's starting out, I invite you to take a look at that, either going forward, you know, keep track of that. Or if you've been in this business for, you know, 10 or more years, take a look back. And it's really rewarding to see what has occurred or what can occur. Sometimes we take for granted, or maybe even we just don't take it into consideration at all, how much we've grown as professionals because it feels so small and, and, you know, so such small steps along the way, but you take a look back and you're like, wow, I've really grown. So how long have you been in this industry? And can you take us back to the beginning, why you decided to become a professional organizer, how long you've been at it? So listeners can really understand like how long it's taken you to build up what you've built up. Okay. So my journey started in January of 2003, and I am an accidental entrepreneur. I never envisioned being a business owner, owning my own business. And it happened because my husband, who was here working on a visa, because he's from Switzerland, as you mentioned, so he was on a work visa, he got his green card. And so he could start his own business. He's a, he was a consultant in the technology industry. And he said to me on New Year's Eve 2002, and I want to start my own consulting business, and I want to do it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve, that's what you want to do? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I said, okay. So he stayed up most of the night. He downloaded the State of Oregon Small Business Registry, How to Start a Business. And he read all through that. And by January 17th, 2003, we were incorporated as a business, Solutions for You. And he turned to me and he said, now you can do your organizing thing. And I said, my organizing thing? And he goes, yeah, you know, you've kind of delved into that. You've looked into, you know, maybe doing some work as a professional organizer or organizing. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'm not even sure how to do that. And he said, well, didn't you say years ago you, you searched on the internet and you found some association and you were going to attend one of their chapter meetings, but you never did. And I said, oh, right. So I, I went back and I searched. I don't think we had Google at the time, but I searched and I, I refound NAPO. And so I found that there was a chapter in Oregon and there happened to be a chapter meeting that night. 
So I contacted them and said, is it possible for me to come to the meeting? And they said, of course, please come. So I came and I immediately joined National, NAPO, and then the Oregon chapter. So that's how it started. What were you doing before this decision, this radical decision to jump into entrepreneurship? Did you have a job in the corporate world or what were you doing? Great question. So I had worked decades in corporate America um, up until 2001, January 2001. And my last position was with uh, a high-tech company. And I worked there for 13 years in human resources as a work-life benefits manager. So I managed all the benefit programs internationally for that company. And back then, it was right around the dot-com time. And we were acquiring many small companies on a regular basis. And the years prior to that, probably like 1999, 2000, we acquired 24 companies in one year. And I was on the mergers and acquisitions team because for every company that we acquired, we had to integrate in those employees and turn, uh, put them onto the new benefit plans at the company that I worked for. And so it meant going out to those employees and explaining to them, uh, you know, welcome to the company. Here's your new benefits package. So that's what I was doing then. So then as I moved through the company doing that, uh, we also were working on bringing up a new human resource information system, HRIS. And I got pulled onto that team to bring up that system, that module of uh, the enterprise system within our business that we were implementing. And so I was on that project for a year. And then I took a sabbatical. And during this whole time, I was in a transition. I was, I'd gone through a divorce. I had a period of time where I was a single parent for a while. And then I met my current husband now. And so I was in transition through that relationship. And we got married in 2001, but I stopped working in uh, January of 2001 because I wanted to finish my bachelor's degree in organizational communication. And in order to do that, I needed to stop working and uh, continue my education full time. So 2001 was a big year for me. I finished my bachelor's degree. I got married. And then it was, now what am I going to (laughs) do? Start a business. (laughs) So what really happened is my husband said to me, he said, why don't you just take some time? You haven't been able to, you worked your entire time that the kids were growing up. So they were seven and nine at that point. So let's backtrack. They were like five and seven when we got married. He said, why don't you spend some time with them, you know, volunteer at the school, go on field trips, that type of thing, be kind of a stay at home parent and just see what that experience is like until you figure out what you want to do next. So I did that, and he was still working on a a work visa. He didn't have his green card yet. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to be a mom, stay-at-home mom, not just a stay-at-home mom, but a stay-at-home mom, really enjoy my kids. I didn't get to do that. You know, the minute they came home to me, they were adopted, and they came home when they were five and six months old, and I was working full-time. And so I only had the uh, leave of absence, like three months leave of absence. And then I had them at work with me at the child development center, but I never got the experience of having time with them, you know, all day for weeks on end. So I really wanted to have that time. So I took it and I did about two years of that. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I need to do something else. And that's when my husband, he got his green card and he started the business. And that's when I dove into doing professional organizing. And I think, listeners, it's really important to dive into all of our guests' 
backstories because a lot of you have similar backstories or you're going to have, you know, similar futures where you you work in HR and you're doing all these things and how it can lead to a new career. And then like you, Anne, you've built a, a successful business, an institute for professional organizers, and you have obviously multiple streams of income, but it takes kind of like these baby steps, these other paths to get you where you are today. Yes, it definitely does. Lots of experiences with my background have really helped me be more entrepreneurial. I think my corporate background has been a huge asset to me. Even though I was very focused in one part of that business, just the discipline of working in a business and for a business has helped me to move my business forward because it does take a lot of you know, self-motivation, self-discipline, self-focus. And if you haven't had that background or that structure, it can be very difficult to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So let's let's dive into it. Let's let's talk about these multiple revenue streams and and let's start with why you think it's important and then go into when should our listeners think about adding multiple streams of income? Should it be when they're well into their professional career? Maybe they think about it right away. So why I think it's important is And really when my multiple streams of revenue started to evolve or explode was right around the time when the United States had its economic downturn in 2008-2009. And what I recognized at that time is if you, it's like putting all your eggs in one basket. If you're only working with individuals in their residences and helping them to get organized. And then you go through the experience of that economic downturn when people didn't have discretionary income to spend on services of a professional organizer, your phone stops ringing. So then you're thinking, okay, now what am I going to do to bring in revenue? And so you want to have those different streams of revenue for when one starts to go into a dip, you have others that are going to start to escalate up. So you're always filling your revenue funnel from one or two or more streams, and you aren't reliant on just that one revenue stream to fuel your funnel. I'm so glad you brought up 2008 because you know we're well into 2019 yeah. now, so we've had a long run yeah. of a decent economy. So, so listeners, we've been in a, a, an economy where people have some income to spend on organizing our productivity services. And it's been, dare I say, easy, you know, in this economy to have a service like we have. But what happens if the economy shifts? Are we ready? Are you ready, listeners, in your business to be able to survive and not have to go back to a career that maybe you didn't enjoy or a career that you've never done before, but it's kind of uh, introductory careers, but you have to do it to make money? Like We don't want anyone to have to do that. And I think, Anne, you're going to talk about the key to preparing ourselves for anything, a good economy, a bad economy. We can still do what we love. Right. So I was pretty well positioned for that, fortunately. When I started in professional organizing, it was 2003, and that was you know, before the economic crash. And that was when people seemed to have a good stream of income and the housing market was booming. Everything was really humming along and people were feeling pretty flush, I would say, with their money. 
And so it was a, I was in a position where I could grow and the industry was growing. The professional organizing industry was growing. When I started out, there were about 1,200 members. And at the height, we were almost at 5,000 is what I remember hearing. Yeah. And so during that time, I pretty early on in 2004, I started the training program. And I started out as a seminar only, so a live seminar. So people needed to come to Portland, Oregon for the three-day training. And it was doing very well because the industry was really growing. and People were hearing about the training program, and they were coming to Portland, Oregon for that. Then when the economic downturn started, people were not able to come. They weren't able to travel. And either people were getting released from the workforce, and they had to find work, or they were a professional organizer and had to go back to work. So there was a couple of things going on there. And what, was, what I was hearing from people when they would call, they were interested in the training program, and they'd say, oh, I would love to come and train with you. I can't afford it. So I put together uh, my live training program into webinars. I said to my husband, what do you know about webinars? Because <laughs> 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 he's in the tech, tech industry. And, and he said, okay. So he showed me how to do webinars. And so I started having live webinars. And that was very successful. And it was because I had an opportunity to advertise on NAPO's website back then. And so people who were looking to start an organizing business would find my training program listed under the events. And NAPO had education programs, but not to the extent that they do today. So it was like an all comprehensive training program. And so people signed up for the webinar and it was doing really well. Then the economic downturn started to happen and people either weren't getting their business off the ground as quickly as they needed to. And so they either had to go back to work elsewhere or just put their business on hold. Did that answer the question? Right. It did. (laughs) It did. And now, so, and what I'm hoping our listeners get out of today's episode is you don't have to wait for an economic downturn to think about ways to diversify your profession so that you are ready. Let's say we have in there 10 years of a great market. You still have multiple streams of income. Hopefully all of them are fun and they're profitable and you're humming along. But just in case you're still prepared should anything turn. So Anne, let's talk about different ideas for our listeners for multiple streams of income. You mentioned webinars. Are those still pretty popular today? I think they are, but I, I, I don't know. I think any kind of training is still attractive to people. And I think for many, the ability to be able to travel somewhere is not as easy. So people are looking for that instant education. So they're looking for either, you know, they'll, they'll go to a website and look for training there. And so I think that accessibility is really important for people to be able to get to their information quickly. Right. Now, if, and I, this actually could, could spur off into another conversation, but which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later, but let's say our listeners aren't into the education of training other organizers. Do you think there is a market for our organizers and productivity specialists to train their clients in webinar form? Absolutely. Um, and what I'm saying I'm seeing kind of a trend in organizers who are starting a member-based website where the public can become a member and with that membership, they get so many 
access to so many videos or webinars or information on how to become organized. So that's one direction you could take your business is starting a membership type website or just general in-person speaking. I did a lot of general public speaking. I still do. I love to do it. It's evolved over the years as to what topics I'm speaking about. But you, when, that was one of my that was my second stream of revenue was speaking. So I was uh, working and doing residential organizing, and then all of a sudden I was getting calls from moms groups to come speak at their events. Absolutely. So that's what, and also you might check into your local libraries. You can do uh, workshops and general public training and education on organizing at um, libraries or community centers. I, so look within your own community because that's who you want to reach out to potentially for organizing clients. And the way you can attract and meet lots of people is through speaking. And so that's how you can attain uh, customers pretty quickly. Absolutely. So we have client, organizer, productivity specialist, hands-on services. We have educational services, whether you're teaching other professionals how to do what you do or you're teaching your clients how to be better at what they'd like to be better at doing. And then you have membership-based online uh, group situations where you can make an income. And then there's also speaking. Is there anything else, Anne, that you can think of that might be ideas for our listeners? Well, you could write a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Such as I did. Again, I was, I was an, I'm an accidental author. I, I wrote the, my first book I wrote back during the economic downturn also because people were, who could, said they couldn't afford the webinars or the self-study program. I still wanted to get the information out to anybody who wanted to start working in the professional organizing industry because what I wanted people to be is representing the industry as knowledgeable and experts. And so I wanted wanted them to have that information. So I took my training program content, the high level of it, the basics of how to get started running a business, planning and launching a business, and also how to work with clients and put it into a book. And that book is titled Get Rich Organizing. So that was my first book that I wrote. And then I was asked to co-author the book Get Organized Today with I think it's 17 other professional organizers. We each wrote a chapter for that book. And most recently this year, I uh, published the book, Mastering the Business of Organizing, which is my book, Get Rich Organizing, but it's been updated. And it's also been enhanced. I've added a lot more content to it. So, and it talks a lot about the different ways that you can grow your business through different revenue streams as well as the original information of, you know, what it takes to plan, launch, and manage a business, how to grow it and leverage it, how to work with clients, and all the different types of clients that you might be working with, and how to work with those individuals, or where to get the education to work with those individuals. So writing a book is another opportunity for a stream of revenue. You could do something. I've been trained in coaching through Denslow Brown's Coach Approach to Organizing program, and also Sheila Delson's virtual organizing. So they're, they're different. Uh, sometimes people think that coaching and virtual organizing are the same, but they're not. The coaching you can do by you know, phone, you can do it through what we're doing with Zoom video conference. You can do it in person. I use it more working with my clients 
in the residential or business setting, I use those coaching practices then more so than on the phone or through Zoom. Where the virtual organizing, you're literally organizing somebody remotely. And you can do that through the phone, but you need to have photographs to do it. Or what works best is Zoom. So you have the visual and you can actually be walking. The person can be, your, your client can be walking through their space and you can be teaching them how to organize that space virtually. So many opportunities to do what we love. (laughs) And I think it's great because we make it accessible to our clients, you know, and, and that's a wonderful thing too, so that we can reach more clients, change their lives more often because it's just a more affordable thing than being one-on-one, which is, you know, it's our time and we should definitely value our time, but now we can reach people you know, maybe in that in, in masses, like with books or or online webinars. And I love what you said too about taking your book, your, your first version of your book, and then you enhanced it or you added some information to it. So you've kind of repurposed something that you've already created, making it a great time saver, but still very valuable to people who are already subscribing to the education that you're providing. Right. Well, in this industry and in many industries, everything becomes outdated very quickly and or new information or new practices or honed practices become more available. And so information, once you print it, it's almost out of date. And it had (laughs) been 10 years since I wrote Get Rich Organized. I can't believe it had been 10 years, but it had been 10 years. And I was just thumbing through it one day and I went, oh my gosh, this is so outdated. I really need to I really need to update this. And when I was invited to speak at Jallo, the keynote speech that I wrote about that I talked about at the very very beginning of our conversation, Sarah, I titled it Mastering the Business of Organizing. And after I gave that keynote speech, I said to my husband, I said, I really wish I'd titled my book Mastering the Business of Organizing. And he said, It's not too late. <laughs> So I said, okay, I guess there's a message there. I need to get to work on that. And so I spent a year rewriting the book and working with the publisher and editor and all that. Yeah. And your book, I'm sure, you know, like you said, it makes you the expert in what you do. Someone says, I love this book. Who wrote it? They go look you up. They say, oh, she offers webinars. So it's like this, this wonderful cycle of all your different streams kind of lend to one another and kind of support one another so that you're creating this your own ecosystem. Yes. There's something I think that other professional organizers who want to have a different stream of revenue and one that I thought that I wish I had done a lot earlier on. And I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier. And that is having subcontractors work with me on my organizing projects. And one day I had this, it was an epiphany almost. I went, oh my gosh, I can't believe it took you this long to think of this. I had a big project coming up. It was a big move project. And I thought there's no way I can do this by myself. And so I reached out to four other women who I had trained through my training program. So I know how they work with clients because part of the training is we have a full day client practicum. And I know I know they have the education for my training program, so I know they know how to work similarly to how I do. I reached out to four or five of them, and I said, I have this big project coming up. Would you want to work with me on it as a subcontractor? And they said, yes. 
And we got that project done so much faster. <laughs> and it was a lot more enjoyable working with other professionals on that project. And the client had a much better experience. And I thought to myself, why didn't I think of this sooner? I trained, I have this training program. We do practicums with the training program. I've seen the power of numbers because we'll do a project in a day with the training program. And so I've invited people who have gone through my training program to be subcontractors with me. And now I'm able to tap out into those individuals whenever I have a project that requires you know, at least more than one person to work on, or we need to get it done much faster than I can do it with a client. Yeah, I encourage people, you know, initially you think, oh, no, I just want to work by myself. In this profession, the work really lends itself to more than one person working with a client, because sometimes the project can be so massive that you're not going to move at a pace that's going to be comfortable for the client if you don't move through it a little bit more quickly with people additional people. In addition to that too, if you are if you are doing everything yourself and you are answering every call yourself and doing every job yourself, if there's a conflict and someone wants you on this Wednesday, right, you can now say I can absolutely, you know, ABC organizing can absolutely help you with that and you can send out a trusted subcontractor. So now you're in two places at once and people know that they can count on you to be available. Right. And, you know, Sarah, as you know, with this profession, it's not physically always easy to do the work alone either. Correct. And the body starts to break down over time. You know, 16 years of doing physical professional organizing work, my body knows it. And I, since I think it's 2015 or 14 when I started adding subcontractors, and it is so much easier physically to do the work with other people too, and a lot less opportunity for injury. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear a word from Napa, but when we come back and I want to dig in with you about what if our listeners are saying, yeah, but I'm only good at this one thing. I want, I have an idea for something, but I have no idea how to do it. So we're going to dig into that in a little bit, but first a quick break to hear a word from Napa. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. For the entire course catalog, visit napo.net slash education. And to join NAPO, visit napo.net slash join. Okay, we're back. We have Ann Bloomer. We're discussing including multiple streams of revenue into your business, into your profession, even if you're not a business owner, thinking about other ways to diversify your time, maybe creating passive income so you're making money you know, at the same time. And what if our listeners are saying, yeah, but I'm only good at this one thing right now. How will I find time to invest in other educational services so I can learn how to add stuff, or I'll never be able to do that because I have no idea how. What do you say to those? I know they're limiting beliefs, but I have them myself. What do you say to people who are saying that right now? I'll say to them, I had the same thoughts. I mean, I didn't think I could even start a professional organizing business. I didn't know anything about you know, starting a business. And I never imagined starting a business. I thought it would take steps. I just had, I had no idea what to do. And that's one of the reasons why I started the training program is because there are so many of us out there, just like myself, who didn't 
and don't know the steps to take to start a business and run a business. And it can take a lot of time and a lot of research to figure that out. And so, again, the reason I started is to make it easier for people. So whenever you don't know how to do something or don't feel like you can do something, I say get more information. And so it's, if you're really interested in something, just start asking questions of people who have done it and, and find out more information because the more information you have, then that's going to help propel you forward. I had no idea how to write a book. And I never imagined myself writing a book because, you know, my grammar is horrible. <laughs> my, it's like, I, I am pretty good at punctuation and spelling, but grammar, I really struggle with. I never really learned all the grammar points. And so I definitely, I hired experts. So if you don't know how to do something, you know, talk to the experts or hire an expert. And, you know, another example is uh, speaking. I was terrified to speak in front of a group. In fact, I have a previous manager and who's a good friend of mine, and she just is in awe and giggles every time she sees that I'm doing a presentation or I've done a keynote speech internationally. She said, did you ever think you would be here today, Anne? And I'll, I say to her, no, never, because the thought of getting up on a stage terrified me or even a small group terrified me. But what I found with organizing and, and talking about organizing or talking about the business of organizing, it's something I love and I'm passionate about it and it's much easier to talk about it than something I, I'm not so passionate about. And it just takes practice and pretty soon you get over those fears the more you do it. So just reach out to people who are doing what you think you might want to do and get more information and ask lots of questions. Would you go as far as to say you really can't afford not to create multiple streams of revenue if you want to have a long-lasting career in the organizing and productivity industry? I don't know if I would go that far, Sarah, because I do know professional organizers who have really niched their business and they're very successful. And I think if it offers a broad enough population, you can be successful. So the example I'm thinking of is senior move management, which is very big in our industry. And I know individuals that that is all they do is they move, they downsize and move seniors. And they're very, very good at it. And that is such a large population right now that I don't see mm -hmm. that stream of revenue drying out anytime soon. So I think if you look at wh who the population is and is it massive enough to support that very niche focus, I think you can be successful. But I think, you know, residential organizing, I don't, it's a broad population, but I don't, I think it's time still hasn't quite come. That's pretty brave of me to say. I think it's going to be big in the next couple of decades. But there are still, the, the general population is sometimes looking at me when I say I'm a professional organizer and they're looking with me at their tilted head and saying, what's that? What do you do? And I think it's becoming more and more, the public is becoming more and more informed because of the media around our industry now than it was when I started out. But I still think it's got, it hasn't exploded yet. I think the explosion hasn't happened. 
I'll back you up, Anne. I just, you know, we just got back from NAPO's 2019 conference. We sat through a session discussing, we had a survey sent out to certain people and we were going over those statistics. And you're correct. People, there is more awareness around what we do, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are opening up their wallets and paying for our services in the residential organizing industry. That does not mean you cannot rock it out and have a great career in that. But like you are saying, it, it might mean that why don't you think about other creative ways to support that so that you can just continue doing what you love and you're not doing some other side hustle that you feel you have to do so you can do the work you love. Yes. And I also think, you know, our industry is shifting more into, you know, productivity consulting. And I think there's a huge opportunity there. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So what you're saying is we still want to stay true to who you are. And and if you believe you can build this awesome business, working one-on-one with clients in their homes, of course you can. But this is a great way to diversify your business. And if you do enjoy doing something that perhaps isn't such an easy sell or is harder to get people to sign on to, even though we know all the benefits that come with it, that there are creative ways to to make it work. Yes, very well said. Is there anything that you are noticing in terms of people who have been in business for a long time and are noticing that their business structure is changing because as they get older, their clients are getting older? You kind of mentioned that that might change. And so if that is, how can these organizers or productivity specialists kind of go with that? Great observation, Sarah. And I'm, I'm giggling because when I started out in this business in 2003, I had young children. So I was a parent of young children. And that's who I connected with, other parents of young children. And that's who I would work with on residential organizing because I understood what their pain was and could help them set up systems to make their family and their residents hum along and be more organized. And so that's who I focus on, and that's who I attracted. And then as I started becoming more of a a business owner and more focused on business growth and teaching new professional organizers how to start their businesses, I started attracting solopreneurs and business owners. And that's who I connected with and who connected with me. (laughs) And then as my kids went off to college and I became an empty nester, then I started connecting with people who are going through the same transition in their life. So it's a lot about transitions and that's who you might be focusing on your business uh, and marketing too, because that's what you're experiencing and that's what you can help people with the best at that time. And so now I'm getting closer to, you know, the, the boomers, the senior seniors who are downsizing. When I first started out in this work, there, I thought, I'm never going to work with seniors. I, I did not grow up around grandparents. I'm the youngest of, of my siblings, and I didn't have a lot of interaction with seniors. And I, so I didn't feel that I could connect with them or that they would connect with me. And so when I started out, I thought, I'll probably never work with seniors. Well, now I get them. <laughs> Because <laughs> my, you know, my mom is 92 and I've gone through, you know, uh, her transition into the senior years and, you know, I'm starting to work more and more with the senior population and I understand what they're, they're going through in their life right now and how I can help them. 
So that's how your business can evolve too. You might start off, you know, doing a certain type of residential organizing and it can very much evolve as your journey through your life and what you're experiencing. It sounds like the name of the game is being aware of your business, of trends, of what you're passionate about that moment. If you feel a transition in yourself, perhaps that that could translate really beautifully into a transition for your business and to get creative because business can be creative and fun and it can be a reflection of who you are and the different ways you can give back to your clients or to new professionals coming into the industry. Yes, that's a great observation, Sarah. So before I get to my regular final question. And is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about this topic that maybe I haven't asked you about? You know, just be open and look for opportunities, especially, you know, what I have heard from organizers who have been in the business, you know, for a decade or more is they they get a sense of it's not as fun as it used to be. That's sometimes what I hear. And so, Having different streams of revenue, what I really enjoy about all the different revenue streams that I have is they take very different focuses and energy, and I connect with different people because of them. And so my work is never, never boring. It's diverse, and the people that I meet through it are diverse, and that makes it always exciting and somewhat new for me. So if that's something that you feel like you're lacking in your business, that you're looking for something else, you're kind of itching. It's like I had one colleague who said she was interested in maybe um, partnering with me on my training program. And she said, I just know I need to do something else. And so if you're getting that feeling of I need to do something else, start looking at other ways of bringing in revenue, whether it's, you know, writing, blogging, uh, any kind of writing, speaking, doing uh, teaching through, you know, face-to-face or webinars, having people come work with you on a team or that you go and work with another organizer on their team, whatever it is. One thing, okay, one thing I have forgotten to say, and that is through volunteering through the different associations in this industry, that has really given me lots more opportunity that I would not have had if I hadn't been associated with those associations. So I'm with NAPO and NASM and ICD. And if it wasn't for ICD, the Institute for Challenging Disorganization, I would not have had those international connections to be speaking internationally. Volunteering, you just never know where it's going to lead to and what opportunities it's going to open up. And there are so many people in those associations that that's where you can ask us questions of, I see you're a writer or an author. You know, I think I want to write, but how do you get started in that? How do you write a book? How do you publish a book? There's lots of people that you can ask those questions of. And it's so much better to ask those questions in person when you're at an event volunteering or what have you, rather than a cold email or a cold call where that person who has the expertise may not have the time and they have no connection to you, but they see you're volunteering, you chat up a little bit, and then you can ask them those questions. And I feel like you just get a much more robust answer and some more guidance when you create those connections that you really can only have when you go to continue education conferences or volunteer opportunities. Okay, Anne, can you leave our listeners with two sticky notes? And these sticky notes must be high-impact, action-taking pieces of advice that our listeners can implement into their business this week or maybe even this month to make a change. 
Okay. Um, two sticky notes. Uh, the first one I think is that in the beginning, when you start out working as a professional organizer in this industry, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You think you, you can go organize anybody because you're really great at organizing, uh, but it takes so much more to organize and work with somebody else and teach them organizing skills. My first sticky note is take courses. Get education, get training, join the associations, you know, NAPO, NASM, ICD, um, any of the international associations for our international listeners. Get involved and get um, training and education and never, ever stop that education and learning. Um, so that's my first sticky note. The second one is don't try to do it all yourself. <laughs> and that's been, you know, I should just be eating those words because, you know, it wasn't until 2015, so that was 12 years in my business before I reached out and, and asked people to be subcontractors and work with me on projects. I have done everything else myself in my business, Sarah, everything else. Wow. Everything. <laughs> my husband was my webmaster up until just last fall. I finally decided to go to a different platform for my my websites, and he said he could do it, but he doesn't have the time to do it. And so I said, okay, then I'm going to hire somebody. Are you okay with that? And he was he was okay with that. Uh, he hasn't fully <laughs> let go. But so I think there are things that I could have done much differently if I wasn't working so much on my business. And so having other people, and it's a difficult thing, I think, for us to do, let go and let somebody else take that work on and not have us do it. But it has been so freeing to, for him and for myself to have a webmaster and, and also for me to have subcontractors now. Can I have one more sticky note? Oh, yeah. Give us a third. The third one is <laughs> what I've just learned recently from my business coach. And it's just three words. Take imperfect action. Because many of us in this organizing industry, myself especially, are perfectionists. And we will do something to the point where we don't get it done because we want it done perfectly. And my example is my book. I spent so much time on that first book and even this last one, just trying to make it as perfect as possible. And it's just not possible. And every and it's so funny because every time I've printed the book and I get that first copy, I open it up and for some reason open up the page and there's something that should not be the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you just have to let go of it and just take that imperfect action because waiting to make it perfect, you're not going to take the action at all. And you're not going to move forward. You're not going to grow. You're not going to leverage your business. I think that's a great sticky note to put on your mirrors, listeners, in your bathroom or your full-length mirror. No matter what you're doing, imperfect action as a parent, as a business owner, as a spouse, as a community leader, whatever that is for you, we need your imperfect action so that we can continue to move forward in, in life, really. So that's a great sticky note, Anne. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Where can our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? Probably the best place to go to is my website, Solutions for You, and it's solutions, F-O-R-Y-O-U, 
www.institutesforprofessionalorganizers.com. There is a link to the Institute for Professional Organizers from that website. I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn as Ann Bloomer, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Solutions for You Organizing. Wonderful. Okay, listeners, how about you? What can you do today, this week to make a change in your profession for the better? I want to know, are you going to join a course this week? Maybe you've been wanting to figure out how to produce a podcast or how to write a book, or maybe you don't yet belong to any association that's related to what you love in this productivity and organizing niche. So are you going to join one? What can you do today? Let's put Anne's sticky notes to work. I'm Sarah Karakayan, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thanks for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and if you're able to walk away with any sort of nugget of inspiration or something valuable, leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button. Let us know that we're doing a good job. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share this in every episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.